So we're rolling in three, two, one, action. Honest, 
there's so many different problems with the modeling industry for me personally i can say that it's just like a lot of peer pressure too i mean if you don't want to do something don't do it okay don't don't do nothing you don't want to do but um just being around certain type of vibes mm -hmm. it's 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 like the energy it's not really if you engage or not it's like just the energy that other models kind of bring um i remember one time in new york I was in the bathroom, all the models was getting ready. This was my first billboard, actually. And um, I was on the biggest billboard in Times Square, New York, <laughs> period. Just to, <laughs> Just to let you know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, I was in the bathroom, and they were doing lines. I don't trust nobody. What well, I ain't doing it. And my dad had always like tried to prep me for the drug part of the industry, no matter what I did, no matter if I went to college or whatever. Always, he's just like, watch, this is what this looks like. This is what, you know, and he always, always, even when I was young, I'm like, hey, why are you telling me this? Come on now. And when I got older, they really, they really be doing coke in the bathroom. They ain't gonna lie to me. <laughs> that was crazy. I was like, I ran, I was in the stall. They're doing drugs. <laughs> okay, so tell us, what are some things that you've seen in the modeling industry that you wish would stop? Honestly, I feel like everything going. <laughs> the girls are bullies, mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be that way. I feel like the places that I've modeled in uh, Miami and New York and Los Angeles, one thing that I see reoccurring is the models don't eat. I guess they're trying to, you know, keep their figure right, but I feel like that's just unhealthy because it takes a toll on your mental health. Have you been hungry for too long and now you oh, are Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready to punch a hole in the wall? All right. <laughs> that goes on a lot. And I don't I don't really understand the mean girl situation at all. But you're big at your big age, right? <laughs> and it's just so uncomfortable for me personally. Um I was the only black girl almost every time that I worked. And if there was another black girl, she was like from Jamaica or like, you know, a little, little yeah, this is tropical, right? And so I felt so uncomfortable being the only black woman. And, but now I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more happy going into situations like that because that's what makes me so unique. Like, black girls rock. Like, they really do. <laughs> and so I just really wish that we got the opportunities as well as the other races did. I mean, it's enough room for all of us, you know? And I just think that it's not that hard to support each other. Even if you don't want to support somebody, you don't have to be mean. I did have a lot of situations where there was a lot of talking behind my back, and it's just like, I was not expecting that. I'm thinking, oh, we're wrong, this is gonna be, you, you know, yeah, you know, you can hang with your clique, I hang with, like, you know, but no, it's just like middle school. They don't mind their business. They don't mind their business, you know. <laughs> oh my God, we're wrong. And I just wish that would stop, because everybody's doing, everybody's chasing a dream. Mm -hmm. And if you're chasing a dream, why are you working for somebody else? So have you ever, in being a darker skinned woman, I know there's been many instances I've faced colorism issues. Mm -hmm. Have you faced any colorism issues Absolutely. Absolutely. There have been so many times where a photographer was just like, let's 
Oh, you be that black girl. Now, where did you just yeah. yeah, and then like I, my natural hair at the time when I was in Miami filming, it was like curly and photographer pool. They were speaking another language. And um, I could tell, you just know. You, you just know. know. And I said, is my hair too poofy? And they was like, yeah, so I went to bathroom. It's crazy that that's an issue. Right? Like, you didn't know I was black before you pulled me out here. <laughs> now you want your hair. Right. And so I had to go in the sink and just my hair in the water. And it kind of made me want to cry because nobody else had to do that. Exactly. Like, there were hairdressers doing everybody's hair, all the other models. They would not touch my hair. And I know you're probably thinking, like, why you just been come with a blowout or something? But, you know, I think yeah, that's why they wanted me there. I look like this when y'all hit me up. So, uh, yeah, colorism definitely exists. So let's just stop that conversation because it, it, it's real. It's real. <laughs> In multiple aspects. Yeah. What issues or occurrences do you think primarily causes a strain on moments? They want it too bad. Everybody's after this. We, we used to call it the IG baddies, the Instagram models, because it's so available to become an influencer now. It's, it's easy now. And a lot of the models want it to that. They're willing to sleep with whoever. They're willing, and that's been going on. But to witness it firsthand, it's just like, y'all suck. I mean, no, literally, <laughs> just doing what for a picture? Yeah. Like, I, they want it too bad. And I think that if modeling is your dream, that's cool, but just stay true to yourself. Stay authentic. Go in knowing what you want, cause I can understand why you feel like, oh, I kind of, I kind of gotta do what I gotta do, but it don't, it don't always work out like that. Cause if someone's putting you in this situation, you're not gonna get far. You're gonna get used to doing that same thing every time. And what do you, you, you not gonna feel good about yourself about that in the end? You know, for some pictures or some promotions or to be a part of a campaign. I don't think that. I think that. I think there also needs to be a more safe environment yeah. in the modeling industry. There's sex trafficking. There's so many crazy things. Like every time I told someone that I was going to do something, they would say like, "Oh, be careful, be careful. Like, make sure it's real before you go." And it's it's hard to make sure that these opportunities are real. I mean, like, people go as far as making a whole account to portray a certain company. They buy followers, like they do everything that they need. So it is a very, very um, tough industry to get in. But I just really, I, I just want y'all to be safe. <laughs> please be smart and safe. Yeah, uh, please be smart and safe. So speaking of influencing, what do you think is the biggest difference between runway modeling and influencing modeling? Cause I know some people like, we have influencers that dab into runway mm -hmm. or think that they do the same um, things as runway, but it's sometimes a big difference. So tell us your opinion on that. They're completely different. Mm -hmm. Every form of modeling is completely different because you have editorials. That's when you are going to be publishing a magazine and they have different themes of what your, you know, what your pictures are, what the style is, and then runway. Runway is my favorite. <laughs> it's like all the lights, the people. It's it's so amazing. It gives you this adrenaline rush when you when you get to the end of the runway and you do your poses. Like it's live. It's live. You know what I mean? And so you can, you can feel it. Yeah, yeah. You physically feel 
the the heat like you know and so it's that's that's my favorite one but the difference i think between that and influencing modeling is you kind of have more control over how you're modeling when you're an influencer they kind of reach out to you based on what your style is so they look at you and they say hmm this aligns with what we want for our brand we want you to do this amount of videos this long here's how much money we're going to pay you versus runway you depending on who you're going through who you're working with you're not getting any money you don't get paid wow. you don't get paid um if you do get paid you get paid for um the walk not i mean there that's insane yeah I, there's been a lot of controversial conversations about it because nobody wants to be real about it. You're not getting paid. That's really insane. You have so many people who want to get into modeling, but they don't know the logistics and like, mm -hmm. what really what it takes for real to really get these opportunities and to even get to the opportunities, literally. So yeah. that's really insane. Yeah, a lot of the designers that you see in runway shows, they pay to be in those shows. And some of the models actually have to pay to be a part of runway shows as well. Yeah, they tell you to sell tickets or they say, like for the designers, I worked with a few designers that were a part of runway shows and they have to pay thousands of dollars. It's like a vendor, a venue, I mean a vendor thing. Oh, okay. that, so your designers are like, you pay to have like a table, but really you're, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's different depending on where you are, what state uh, you're modeling in, but for most part, you know, money. So you better off. I never do that. Like yeah. that's really crazy. Yeah. So they they kind of do it as like um, experience, or um, if you're under a certain um, if you're under a agency, they pay you for jobs. So you're not really the opportunity is great. You build your resume. You get calls for more opportunities because of these runway shows that you do. So it, it does work. I mean, it does work out. It's hard work. Though. But it's hard work, yeah, for sure. So a lot of people don't realize this. So I'm really glad you touched on it. <laughs> a lot of people like want to dive into it. And yeah, these girls want to go to be models and do these runway shows, and then they get there and they're disappointed. I actually just seen this girl on TikTok talking about, she's like, she's so stressed out, she's in New York for Fashion Week, and she had to pay for her own hotel. Like, she's going into debt to be there and to have this experience. And, and then it's a gamble, I feel like, mm -hmm. so you never know how it can play out. Yeah, you don't, because depending on who's over the show, Sometimes they don't have it all together. I've worked with a show where it was pure chaos. I stood the whole entire time, didn't know where my designer was located. The venue was humongous. There were people everywhere. It was so intense. They didn't have space for us or anything. Like we just had to go to a corner and they had makeup stations set up. Like it, it can be very, very tricky. Yeah. Not to crush y'all dreams. No. <laughs> but that's just the truth. I feel like not, not enough people that's actually in the industry are telling the, are truth, telling the truth. They're yeah. glamorizing it. As oh, for sure. telling you, okay, this is what, this is what took the glamour. Like, yeah. This is what, yeah. what I got here. Yeah. So, I mean, unless they let you know that this is how it starts. Mm -hmm. So, a starting point. And don't get me wrong. Somebody else may have a different experience than I did. But starting off, this kind of. You got to know what to expect. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. So, diving into, um, you mentioned who your father was and your aunt was. Tell us about different experiences you had as a being a kid. Growing up, um, whenever I would have something at school, 
my dad would come, my mom and my dad would always come and everybody would be at the table oh, trying to get an autograph. I, it don't matter where we're at, they're always asking, hey, can we get an autograph? And I would be, I, I could see them from the distance and you can always tell because everybody at this one table. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that's where my mom and dad are. Yeah. And it got to the point to where my mom would bring boxes and boxes of shirts for him to sign. And that would be going on the whole time while I was up there singing my little, singing my oh little speech. <laughs> and so I, I started to not want to do anything. I was like, I already know what to expect. All the attention is going to be on my dad. My dad always was, he's with his phone, trying to get pictures of me, and they, <laughs> and they recorded him. <laughs> yeah, uh, but other than just my personal experiences while I was in school and he would come, um, I got to, I got a lot of privileges, I'm not gonna lie, like, that's always, yeah, <laughs> if I was in love with an artist at that time, my dad would make sure that I got to meet them, or that they would call me for my birthday, and, that's like, lit. yeah, oh, that's lit, that's lit for sure, I've met so many different people, if I even mention it, my dad's like, making a phone call, like, for sure, and, um, I remember one time, they were about to go on tour, and, um, against the book came and she's like let me show you the tour bus and it was so excited and um sorry. no it's good i promise you're fine and so um i just remember her showing me the the tour bus and it was so nice it was so nice and um the bus was really small and i'm just i was amazed because i'm little so i'm like i can fit right here <laughs> and so like i had a lot of experiences that kind of let me know that life there's so much more to life and just sticking around in Memphis and just, you know, just being here. Like that made me want to branch out to do other things. Nothing seemed impossible for me because I got to see that. But another thing is, I was at the studio all night long. Mama come get me, please. Like I'm talking about, we would be there for hours and hours and hours. I'm glad he had you there with him. Mm -hmm. You do have a lot of people who like kind of push their kids aside, mm -hmm. but him being so active, that's really crazy. Like, yeah. Really oh yeah, my brother, he's, he's, I have a couple of brothers and they're popular, popular as well. Bezel Black mm -hmm. and then SOE Black. And um, <laughs> when we were little, well, he was little, I, we, there's an age gap, and they had a show in Atlanta, and my dad and my brother come on stage, and the crowd went crazy, you know, crowd gonna always love babies, so he came on, they gonna go crazy <laughs> exactly, and so the crowd was going crazy, and like, everybody knows my dad for his dancing as well, so my brother got up there, and he was doing his little dance, and um, yeah, the, the, just experiencing that, I just felt like a proud mom at, the, at that moment, I was proud of the mom. Because <laughs> he loves my dad and he, my dad's always been in our lives. So there's a lot of key moments for me that kind of made me realize that I want to be in the spotlight. You know. Yeah, you know, I figure. I knew here. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's really good that you shared those experiences. Like, yeah. You need to hear stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> what issues have you seen that could hinder a kid in Hollywood's mental health? Or what do you think? Um, hindered mental health for kids in Hollywood most. Yeah, definitely probably the parents not being as active. And I get it, cause you know, they're, they're trying to provide and it's a different world, it really is, and it requires
requires so much physical time for them to be somewhere else. I know for me that was one thing for me that I took really hard and I've been able to see my dad whenever I wanted, whenever we were shows and everything. But um, being in the spotlight, whether you're a celebrity's child or not, is still very tricky because so many people have opinions mm -hmm. and they're not afraid to share them. Mm -hmm. And so that is very horrible for your mental health. Reading comments or my dad, he'd have been in, in TMZ and he'd have been everywhere. And I would get to school and everybody would be like, I saw this person. I saw that interview. And it got to the point to where I wouldn't watch my dad's interviews anymore because I was just like, it was not that I was embarrassed, it's just I got tired of everybody else's opinion. And so I think that that, for me, missed my mental health. But for other people in the industry, um, it's so many problems. There's, there's, my dad has shared a lot of stories with me about how Hollywood is, um, just like the adult versions of what goes on at these parties. And I ain't gonna na name drop, but I know things that you know me. First of all, Hollywood scares me. For that reason. Yeah, there are some very dark things going on um, in Hollywood. There's some male interactions that go on that's kind of like initiations to fame that happen. And all of these things that you read or the conspiracy theories talk about, they be true. They be true. Yeah, for sure. It's crazy hearing like someone who's been around the actors like tell us. Yeah, they're not afraid to sell their souls, and I have to get so deep. No, you're good. But it, but that's so real. Cause you have a lot of people who want to, who want it so bad, yes. are willing to do anything for yes. it, and you have to understand the importance of just staying strong to yourself yeah. and knowing what you get into. So yeah, because a lot of people they don't have anything else going on. They just mm -hmm. want the money, the fame, the cars, the bitches, like all of that. And I just, not having some type of foundation. I mean, I'm not saying you gotta be a Christian or anything, but. Know yourself. Yeah, know, know yourself, yourself because you will end up fucked into. <laughs> right, right. Say Jesus on this podcast. So, getting sucked up into that type of stuff will change your life and you will end up seeing these people have these meltdowns on, on TMZ or whatever platform you're watching. And, the, the normal people don't realize that no, they really got some. Yeah, they did not know why they were getting some. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, because at first I was like, maybe I'm not ready to be in the spotlight, or I don't want to be, because it's just so scary. It's so much that comes into it. My dad used to always say, you know, be careful the things that you share with people because they're in their head, they they might be thinking of a way to use you or how they're gonna abuse you in any type of way, which is. That's true. I've literally witnessed it firsthand. People smile in your face, and if they bring you on to sign a contract for something, whether it's a partnership, endorsement, or whatever, there's contracts behind your back that you don't know about. And so, yeah. Backdoor contracts. Backdoor contracts. How do those work? Right? So basically, if you have a manager, right, and you're trying to get gigs or bookings, what they'll do is they'll go to some uh, a brand or company and they'll say, I have this artist and they could bring you in this much money, but I need this percentage on paper and I need a finder's fee and I need a, and you know, they'll create a contract that works for them uh, mutually and they don't have to include the artist or include the actual talent. 
And that's how you end up with horrible contracts. That's how you end up. I feel like that's how a lot of artists, mm -hmm. like music artists, end up getting messed up. Oh, yeah, like, for sure, for they sure. Back your, um, contracts. Oh, yeah, because, like, with my dad, the reason he left the group, you know, was because, you know, situations, you know, not being completely transparent. Yeah. And so it happens. Be careful. Oh, for real. Watch. <laughs> you keep also always man that's that's crazy also speaking of parenthood i love parenthood i love being a mom i have three babies and all of them are young i have an eight-year-old a four-year-old and a five don't do too much now <laughs> <laughs> you know some people be like i have three children and um for a while when i first i had my first child at 18 and I was actually waiting until marriage um that's another story but I was going for it I was I've always been very faith-based and so I was I kept God first always and I don't I don't know I feel like I've always just been connected to some type of higher power whether I understood it or not even even when I was going to church and everything, I, I felt it as a young girl. So, like, I didn't want to have sex. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do any drugs. I didn't want to. I was goody two shoes. To be yeah, nothing wrong with that. In high school, they swore I was up and down, Miss Sally Sunshine. Yeah. So, like, I had my first daughter, and I thought my life was over. Like, I thought God was mad at me. I was like, well. We're here now. <laughs> and so, like, that kind of messed with my mental health as a young mom. Because I had to do what I had to do to provide. Not not like that. Not like that. <laughs> but just, like, I didn't want my parents' help. I, wanted... <laughs> I didn't want my parents' help. I didn't want any type of... I didn't want nobody to feel like, we got to help you now that you're in this situation. And... My mom actually wanted me to get an abortion. And my dad was like, nope, 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 nope. It's what she wants to do. And. Point that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up not getting the abortion. And I don't I don't regret it or anything. I'm just glad that I had somebody to have my back. It's that advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that my mom wanted any bad. She just was trying to protect she me. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I had a very bright future. And. Um, she wasn't like you're getting you know, abortion. It was just an option on the table. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's been a good mom, and so um, that that messed with me a lot because I was like, oh, God really finna have a field day for me now. <laughs> for real. So that that was tough. But as far as like motherhood, as I had my children later, it was completely different. It was completely different. I was married. I was very happy. I was. I had like beautiful pregnancies. I had natural pregnancy, uh, births, mm -hmm. and everything. So like, it was completely different from my first child. And then you know the first is always a yeah, 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 yeah. You knew. Y'all know what's going on here. <laughs> but then postpartum depression hit, and I feel like that's a big issue that a lot of people don't take it seriously. They should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your body changes, and I was a fool. I thought my body was just going to change. And I didn't realize that the hormones take you out of there. It takes you out of there. And just knowing that you have to protect this baby and, and make the proper decisions for stressful. this is so stressful. 
So when I got hit with postpartum depression, I actually started self-harming. Mm -hmm. I started cutting. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't a, a stranger to self-harming, um, to be completely honest. That's not something I do anymore. But um, I started self-harming. And I just really wanted a way to control what was happening. I just felt like I needed to be in some type of control of my life. Because everything was just happening right before me. And I, but like I didn't have any control. And I know it doesn't sound completely sane, obviously, but- It's life. It's life, it happens. And I'm so glad that I did go through that because I know now that it wasn't for just no reason. And I say that all the time. I'm like, if I'm going through something, God, please let it be for a reason because no, I'm stressed out. <laughs> so, I used to kick it in. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so um, motherhood is stressful and it does take a village. And what's so hard is when you don't have that village. And my parents are separated. They're not together anymore in two different places. So I didn't have that luxury that I would have had, you know, years ago. But luckily, I had a very good husband who was there. I'm talking about he would come, get off work, he would get the baby, and I could have my me time. We love a support of And so he was fantastic. I mean, I don't I really, I think about that all the time. I don't know what I would have done without him because I couldn't imagine being a single mother. That is scary. Okay? But people who are single mothers, I salute you. I know my mama did with me and my sister. Well, my mama and my daddy did with me and my sister. If my mama did it on her own, we would have all just been on the phone. Everybody would have been on the phone just fighting. Yeah. So, like, if you feel some type of way to the viewers, if you feel some type of way about how your parent did wrong or didn't do their best or you feel like they didn't do their best and they were, if she was a single mother, like, just try to be patient with them. Be understanding, yeah, because that's a different type of lonely to know that this child is depending on you for every single thing. Like, no matter how you became a single mother, whether he was lying, because they be lying, <laughs> or you decided you don't want to deal with them, it's too, it's, you know, domestic violence or whatever, you know, I just salute you and keep going. You got this, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's, that's different right there. No, literally. <laughs> So speaking of motherhood, how important is it for you to express the importance of mental health to your kids? Oh, very important. Because I want them to know and understand their emotions. And in order to have emotional, literate children, you have to communicate with them, not just like their babies. Like, ooh, God, God, that's cute and all. But I feel like that's where the change comes in to where you can create very healthy adults because it starts as a child, it really does. Like They get these big emotions and they don't know what to do with them. And so that's your job to kind of step in and be like, to guide. yeah, to guide them. Yeah, a lot of parents who don't guide and they're more so upset mm -hmm. with them. They try to feel in a certain type mm -hmm. of way or trying to learn their emotions when it's like they're still learning. Yeah, yeah. Learning. And there's a lot of parents that's still learning as well as they're raising their children. And you'll see some parents, they'll do really horrible with their first child and they'll get better yeah. and then like because my mom if i pulled anything that my sister pulled tell me about it <laughs> i would be gone Man. out of here but her girl she's living her best life my little sister gets to do it i'm like bro you took, you took the, the screws off her <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah so sometimes that i think that that's what it is that they're learning along the way but um 
Man, I'll be like, bro, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, because I think that when you communicate with your children instead of getting upset and figuring out, okay, why do you do that? What, what, what did you think that made you think that that was okay? Okay, well, that's, let's not try that, let's try this. And a lot of black parents, actually, they kind of say that's white parenting, being a gentle that's parent. The and that is the problem because it works so well. I have the sweetest children. I really do. Anywhere we go, the teachers, anybody that's involved in our, our lives directly, like our nanny, she is phenomenal and she she breaks about them all the time. She doesn't mind taking them anywhere because she's like, they, they're, they, so they're, so, yeah, they're so respectful and they do such a great job. Now, I didn't always have help. And so I think that having a soul tribe or, or that village does help you because when you need to decompress, they step in and they're like, you know, I got it. Like when I was married, my husband's sister, she had children as well. Well, so I would go over there and I would start dinner, put it in the oven, help them get into the tub, take them out the tub, put them in that jumps, and then I'm back out the door. It's just that simple. Just to, you know, show up and be active just so that she's not like, oh, these kids get on my damn nerves, you know? Help. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of parents a lot of moms feel guilty. They, there's this guilt, I promise you, that you feel. If your child is sick, you don't wanna leave them. You don't wanna leave them, especially if you have something else to do. And so, raising children that can communicate how they feel and knowing that they have a safe space, so important because it gives them an opportunity to thrive. It gives them an opportunity to be very great children and have great experiences. And if they're feel, if they feel like they're being treated unfair, they speak up. And you need that because unfortunately, our black children are always silenced. Oh, you're not feeling pain. Yep. Oh, shut up. Well, you know, no you, ain't got like no, you, you don't pay no bills. Be quiet. Man, you know, you're not tired. You're not hard. You, you're just going to school. Like no, that, that school world. When you're in school, there's stuff going on. It be drama going on. Oh yeah! Like it's so much more that's getting faced now. Oh yeah! When I was growing up, I always said that the one thing that I would never do is forget how it felt to be a child. And the reason why that was my goal is because I feel like there was such a disconnect with me and my mom. Um, I'm the oldest, so on my mom's side, and I'm the youngest Same. girl on my dad's side. So I got the princess treatment. <laughs> but um, I think. That was one of the biggest disconnects because I'm like, girl, you acting like you don't know what a Friday night is. <laughs> like, right, you, you, how I get here. <laughs> so, like, I think that that's, it's a lot that goes into motherhood, especially if you're a single parent. Um, but we all just trying to do our best. So, with motherhood, what is one of your outlets or what are your outlets just to take care of your own mental So, after being hit with postpartum depression, I had to do a lot of soul searching. I was not the same person, I was a woman. And coming into womanhood, there's no direction. You don't have any, there's no handbook, there's not no YouTube, no TikTok that you can watch that can prepare you or guide you. I mean, it's more available now, but not when I was you know, coming into motherhood. Um, but even just watching the video sometimes can be the motivation that you need. I know I see these food videos where they're packing their kids' lunch, and I'm like, I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that. But like doing the little face Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, taking care of my own mental health looks like 
me making sure that I don't let my let me let myself get stuck in my own head about oh I'm spending too many days or too many hours away from my children. I have my own life. Mom got to live too. <laughs> and so like when I travel for modeling, that's my time. You know, I trust that they're in great hands. I'm very particular about who I leave them with and everything like that, which is why we have a family assistant. But um and that I, can be stressful and like overwhelming trying to think about what's going on at, at home. Oh yeah. What you're doing, exactly, exactly because if, like I said earlier, if your child is sick, sick or anything like that, like you're just like, that's all you can think about. You're in a meeting like, I don't want anything to happen while I'm gone because you're going to carry that guilt forever. And so for me, I just, I pray. I pray so much. So many times throughout the day, I'm praying. Like, I might just be sitting there, you might not know it. I'm praying. I'm praying. <laughs> so that's, that's really God. Girl, that's all I got to say. People ask about post I don't know. We just thugging. We thugging. We thugging. Yeah, because like you have a plan and a vision for mostly everything that you want to do, even with your parenting style. And you might want to take a spy day, or you might need time where there is pure fight. If your children aren't in school yet, you don't get the luxury, you know? And it's 24 7. So that, that little pocket of time where you have fightness. You need to learn yourself. You need to learn what you like to do, what you want to get into, reading. If there was something you liked doing as a child or a teenager, tap into that. I bet you you would find some piece of joy that you didn't know that you was missing. You forgot about it or journaling, writing stories, That's singing, like, writing music, like whatever it is, you need to have your own me time. That oh, maybe it is some Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you also have to Find things to romanticize about your life. And that's for anybody, whether you're a mother or not, because it's important. Because, you know, we have too many, or not too many, but we have so many responsibilities. And so when you're only like, okay, I gotta be, I gotta get this many hours done and work so I can pay this, and I gotta take the kids to Disneyland, or I can't take the, dis the kids to birthdays. All my, all my babies' birthdays are together, so we're back to back to back to back. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, everything's right there together. My pockets be hurt. <laughs> but like, I just try to, I do yoga. I do, um, I play my sounds. Oh, it is. And my kids are actually really into yoga. Oh, they play the sound ball. Really? Yeah. So like oh, all that's of the very peaceful household. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, everybody tells me that. Like, Can we come over? And like when other family members or other children, they always cling to me. And I think that it's because I, I kind of have this nurturing. certain nurturing spirit that they can just tell. You know, kids pick up on everything. And I think that I'm just so patient with them. Like when people see me interact with other children, they're like. Coco, why don't you, why you ain't at somebody's school? Like, why are you not a teacher? Why are you not, you know, and I can see that. Yeah, people tell me that. I can see that. And I would love to work with children. Like mentor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I do mentor, and everything that I do is free. I take mental health very serious. All of the services that I offer, the mommy venting sessions, the mentorships, which is, it doesn't replace therapy, but not everybody can afford it's therapy. Outlet. It's an outlet. I'm your soul tribe. And that's why I started it. And that's why all of my services are free because love is my currency. And I really mean that. I mean, 
And not that I, I'm worried about getting it on the back end, but everything's gonna work itself out. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I'm not hurting in a way to where, oh, I gotta charge, or I got, why not? Why not? I think more people, it makes you like more appreciative of life. Just like helping, like it's yeah. nothing to help people. Yes, it it genuinely makes me so happy to help someone. Like I get messages all the time, like you know that breathing technique that you taught me really changed my life. My fact, let me show you the breathing technique. Okay. okay, so first this is called the Gamma Five, and it's a breathing technique. So when you breathe, <laughs> a lot of people think they breathe wrong anyway. So what you do is when you exhale and when you inhale, it's like if you had a straw in your mouth. So hold it and then back out through your mouth and then in through your nose. Just your nose. <laughs> Everybody know it. <laughs> and then out through your mouth. And then you just do that several times and it actually resets your nervous system. And if you're having an anxiety attack, it actually resets your nervous system. So when you do those several times, if you're in the middle of an anxiety attack or if you feel one coming on, a panic attack especially, that's something you should try. And I know. Look, I done, I done told someone about it before and she looked at me like, you don't put your ass up. <laughs> but I'm like, no, please give it a chance. Like, actually, give it a chance. Give it a chance. And I promise you it works. And it does because scientifically, it works and mentally, you know, it's just a reset, a hard reset for your body. Because I used to have anxiety, a lot of people don't even know that. When I was little, I had anxiety so bad. Like it was hallucinating with anxiety put together. Yeah. And it had went away. Then I want to say like last year it had came back hard. So after like a couple months, it's like I had to recalibrate because a lot of stuff had happened. But after that, it's like I recalibrated and just like having different outlets. Like I go to Shepherd Farm, I, I journal. Yeah. Like after that, it just like I know how to manage it and I know when it's coming. Yeah, to like, okay, yeah. Like, learning yourself. Yeah, and that's yeah. really important to learn yourself and learn like different things that about your body that may appear or that you're used to appear. So that yeah. you're not. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's such a difficult thing for you to um, not know what you're doing because like. You just don't know where to start. And so there's not a lot of things you can look up that's actually helpful, unfortunately, because everybody will tell you to journal. That is not the cure-all. I'm sorry. All the therapies, everybody always The book say, ain't going to The only book that'll help you is the Bible. Thank you. <laughs> so, like, I mean, journaling is a great outlet for sure, because especially when you go back and you read it, especially, ooh, if you journal something that you were praying about and you see that that's been answered, it's, it does so much for you. It keeps your paper. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> this fake hot. But yeah. I'm very glad you touched on it. Because a lot of people do need to understand the importance of having an outlet for yourself and not just trying to tackle every problem your own, on your, yeah. by yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Cause some things are bigger than you. And Don't still be beyond you. Oh yeah, for sure. You gotta give into it. Like that was the hardest lesson for me. I wanna control everything. This is my life. Yeah. We run the shit over here. <laughs> and so I had to give in and just be like, this, this is how it's gonna go. I can choose to react a certain way and move on. That's it. So what tips would you have for anyone who wants to enter modeling, who's a mother, who grew up in Hollywood? Like what life lessons would you give anyone Be gentle with yourself. Be gentle a lot of us are really hard on us. That person in the mirror, when you're talking to yourself, 
be kind to her. She's trying her best. And be understanding. And be understanding, yes, because sometimes we have this inner voice, and it could be from our parents or previous partners. Or even yourself. Or even yourself, yeah, and you're tearing yourself apart. That's just not okay. You would get a lot further if you just was more gentle to yourself. One big tip that I see a lot of feedback on is singing love songs to yourself in the mirror. That's something that I said one day on the live. I was like, yeah, girl, I sing a love song to myself in the mirror and it's just changed my life. And every time I do like an engagement or a speaking engagement or something, I'm like, oh my God, really? you told, I heard you said this or someone told me you said this and it really changed. I can see that. Yeah, because a lot of times we want validation from our partner or Somebody we into, you know, and you need to get that from yourself. So seek validation from within. <laughs> and, <Love that. laughs> yeah. and um if you want to get into the modeling industry, I say do your research. Search previous things that these brands and companies have done to see if that's something you wanna be a part of because if you end up in a situation to where you don't know nothing about them, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. You don't know what to expect. And so don't be afraid to try new experiences, even if it's something that you haven't tried before. Because sometimes we just get an idea and you're ready to run with it. And that sometimes you do need to just take off with that. But do your research. Go and get you four headshots done. Do do close-ups, do some creative, like get creative, try some, get outside of your comfort zone. Once you start those four, add those to your portfolio, and then reach out to brands. Get in them DMs, DMs, girl. You get in this book Antoine yeah. doing headshots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get in. <laughs> so like I say build your portfolio. Um, you don't have to have four. Some people recommend more. But that's a great starting point because um, you need to get used to seeing yourself in a certain light and you need to get used to being out of your comfort zone because a lot of brands will ask you to do or wear things that you hate. You're going to hate them. You're going to be like, where are, gonna wear this like, where are my pants? <laughs> right, right. They have crazy designs and you don't have a say so with that. So you kind of just got to understand whatever you're asking to be done, whatever they ask you to do, be the best. Do your research. Uh, look up other people that have done it. See how they handle it. Not that you need to copy them, but I need you to know what you bring different to the table because that's what's going to make you stand out. And that's that's really my advice. Be you. Be authentic. Don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone and get you some headshots, girl. Put the iPhone down. Yeah, it look good. Pick up a camera. Get a camera. Look, look professionally. A white backdrop. Yes, like take it serious. Put that, invest that money into you. Get those type of things done because that foundation, having a strong foundation like that, is gonna make your experience so much better because <laughs> there are some photographers out there, you know, they got, they're more affordable and I get it, I promise I do, but it don't, it don't give what it's supposed to give. You can so. get better than yourself, better than a Right, so invest in yourself. Don't worry about the money, you'll make it back. Mm. <laughs> 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 oh, wait, so for life advice, yeah. I would say find something that you're good at. Mm. Find a way 
to connect with that more often. A lot of times we gotta work, you know, we gotta pay bills, cost of living, eggs is high, eggs high pay. I don't know what's the issue. That's another topic. <laughs> it's crazy. Prices, price for food is yes. crazy. So like I understand, but invest in your hobbies that you want to do because a lot of times the things that you're passionate about, you might think, oh, nobody's gonna pay for that. Nobody's gonna pay to watch me paint or prime example poster girl. <laughs> yeah, because I was not expecting. I was such a fan as soon as I seen it, I was like, this is dope. This is dope. I love this. When I was before I moved, you know, to my new school, I really wanted to do a literary magazine. And I wanted to include poems from normal people, love letters, um, journaling, letters that you want to write to someone that passed. And that was different, and everybody was just like, <laughs> the blanks like, like what? And I, I thought that that was a great idea. So when I seen what you were doing, I was like, I love it. It brought me back to when I was a teenager, and I was like, wow, that reminds me so much of what I was trying to do. I never did get a chance to do it. Maybe I'll pick that back up. <laughs> so yeah, this this is like, you gotta just find a real hobby that you actually genuinely enjoy and make sure you make time for that because we get too busy with stuff that does matter. You just gotta you lose yourself. Yeah, you lose yourself. So that little pocket of joy that you got, rollerblading or whatever it is, make time for it. Definitely make time for it. Thank you so much for all the insight that you gave us. This was a very good day. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> So guys, this is Coco Moscato. Make sure y'all follow her on TikTok and Instagram. My TikTok is coconut333 and my Instagram is coca underscore Moscato. Alright guys, so this wraps up episode 5 of the Postal Girls. So stay tuned for our next episode. Peace. Alright, so you know, there's some people who act like they can't pronounce the world. There's some people who act like they can't pronounce the world. So go ahead and tell the people how to say it. Postable. <laughs> and that's that hard. Yeah. Just like world G, world with a world. There you go. It got a little flavor. A little spice. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. You hear that? Antoine.